0: information you can trust, stories you can relate to, and tips and tactics you can apply on your next adventure. Hunting, fishing, camping, and everything in between. This is the Battle Mountain Podcast. This is a Battle Mountain Podcast from the archives.
1: So um, I'll start with just a three you know, more or less basic types of releases that you're going to see whether you're hunting or you're on the competition trail. Um, the first one would be like a caliper index finger release. And so that's like the basic one. It's going to hook around your wrist. You're going to use your index finger to trigger it. Um, the second kind of release basically is like a four finger or three finger They even make two fingers. But um, you're going to hold them differently. You're going to flip your hand over actually kind of against your face and that will have a thumb trigger. And so that's kind of the first one. The other one, you hold the same way, but it's basically like a true back tension or a hinge release. Um, And with that, there is no, like, actual trigger that you could activate. It's basically activated by pulling, um, you know, and that that hinge rotating off. And so those are the three different types. Um, Typically, you don't usually see the index finger release on the tournament side Um, i'm kind of a rare exception there's a couple of us but in general not very many and then typically you don't see many um hinge releases used in hunting usually the people that do are tournament archers that shoot those in tournaments so that's just what they're used to and they carry it over hunting but that's not something most hunters would typically walk into a store and pick up as their first choice Mm -hmm. so with that being said kind of the correct way to shoot all of them. I'm sure everyone's heard the term fact tension and target panic and everything that goes with that. But um, (laughs) basically, it's all bad. But uh, with um, target panic, let's start there. So basically, target panic can be created in a number of different ways and it can show up in a number of different ways as well. Um, Everybody thinks that just You know, hitting the trigger is a form of target panic, but you can have a form of target panic where you aim on a different spot off the dot, um, and that's one I've always struggled with, or where, you know, you have so much anticipation, you're not even on the target yet and you want to hit, or it's like you flex so hard you collapse. There are so many different ways that you can see that um, come through in the shot that a lot of the times people think it could be something else and it's just a different form of target panic, and that's the hard part. But there's ways to fix it, and we'll get there later. Um, so basically, anytime, and I do believe this, that you shoot a shot where you are consciously activating the release, so whether you're shooting, so there are ways to punch a hinge, you just rotate your hand back, basically. So whether, you know, you're doing that on a hinge or you're squeezing the, the thumb on the thumb trigger or you're using your index finger to squeeze the trigger, if you are consciously activating that release, Um, over time, you are more than likely going to develop the anticipation toward the shot. And that is what basically creates the target panic. That's like the number one thing. It's really, really hard for people to stay strong in their mind if they're consciously activating that. And so it'll basically, you know, at first, you know, you can do it for a while and probably get away with it. But the longer you do that, um, you get near the dot and it's like, oh, okay now and because you're already consciously moving your finger it makes it that much easier to punch or squeeze the trigger more or less aggressively so um with that being said i think the easiest kind of release to punch is actually the wrist strap caliper um, index release and that's usually what most hunters go pick up from you know like a Sportsman's Warehouse or a cabela's or bath pro or any sort like that that's usually what they carry in there but um I don't necessarily think that it's just because of that type of release. Um, A lot of companies have not put a lot of really high, like, manufacturing technologies into those type of releases. And so one of the biggest issues with those that you would just go by, let's say there, is a lot of times they don't have a poundage adjustment. So you cannot adjust, like, the poundage of the trigger that you're pulling, just like you could on a rifle trigger, if you guys aren't familiar with something like that. Or um, it also has a lot of travel in the, um, like, release mechanism itself. And so if you're trying to slowly squeeze, 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 if that's what you're attempting to do, and you can feel that trigger moving with your finger, that right there creates so much anticipation that that alone, a lot of the times, will have, like, make people develop target panic. And so it's super difficult when someone is shooting one of those type releases that's a really light poundage and has a lot of travel, to teach them to pull through the shot. And so um, a lot of the times I would not recommend trying to learn back tension on one of those at all, but it can be done, and I'll get there because that's what I'm doing now. Um, With the thumb, you know, same thing. You can hit the thumb trigger um, just the same as you would the caliper. Now, your pointer finger, and I'm not no scientist, but I've heard that, Um, your pointer finger has a lot more sensor receptors in it than your thumb does. And so just like the tips of your fingers also have more sensor receptors in it than let's say like from that first bend back toward your hand. And so a lot of times if people set just the very very tip of their finger on the trigger, that alone is more than more um, apt to help them develop target panic versus getting a little bit deeper grip on the trigger. And that's something that's a pretty easy fix that a lot of people may or may not know Um, so if you're doing that, do try and get a little bit deeper grip on your release and that could potentially help a lot of your problems. But um with all that being said, the correct way that you would want to shoot is what you've always heard is again is back tension. And basically what that does and the reason that it's important is that you are no longer consciously activating the shot. Um you consciously learn to pull. But over time, that becomes part of your subconscious process. And so, you know, if I was like, oh, pull, 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 and one time pulled really hard, one full time pulled really soft, um, obviously that's not going to be consistent. And so the speed and the amount and the pressure and all of that is something that will be built into that subconscious process you're using when shooting. So it's no longer something that your conscious mind has to focus on. And so... Basically, with that being said, and a lot of people struggle with this because you have to be able to hold semi-decently-ish to execute back tension well because you don't know when the shot's going to go off and you don't get to just trigger it when you get near the dot. So basically what you need to do is be able to hold in or around the dot and just continuously pull. And a lot of people really struggle with pulling and not wanting to help it because their dot is continuously leaving the the dot on the target or their fiber is leaving the dot on the target whatever they're aiming with. And that is something that your subconscious mind as well as your conscious mind, the second that your whatever you're aiming with leaves the dot on the target, it leaves and your mind is already bringing it back before you've consciously made the decision to bring your pin back to the middle. And so with that being said, a lot of the time student back. In, as long as I know with me, my release doesn't go off on the way out of the dot. Sometimes even if I'm out of the dot, but it's like my mind is already triggered that, hey, it's bringing it back towards it and it goes off, it will still hang the dot. And so a lot of people see that as a really bad thing, but it's actually awesome because it's not only, are one, you're not anticipating, anticipating the shot, but two, in the long run, you're probably actually going to learn to hold and execute a little bit better And your aiming may end up a little bit better. Um, One really big issue with people that shoot back tension, and we struggle with this all the time on a daily basis, if you have a day that you're typically aiming worse than you normally would would aim, sometimes it's really hard to have the confidence in yourself and, you know, your shot that day to pull through and execute your back tension because your sight picture doesn't look like what you want it to look like. And that's one of the biggest struggles, I think, that people have. Um, you know, on a day-to-day basis with shooting back tension. But I tell my mom this all the time. It's like you leave you leave the dot and you're going to be coming back in, just keep pulling, you know. And what she'll do is she'll quit pulling. I do it too sometimes. I, everybody does. But you're aiming and it's like, man, it's not not as solid as I want it to be. So you quit pulling. In turn, you aim, aim longer. And then you either have to let down and do the same thing over again or you start pulling later in the shot and you're fatigued you're probably wiggling more or moving more at that point in time where if you had just committed to the shot and made yourself pull through just like you normally would you probably would have been okay and i've had days that i really didn't feel like i was aiming very good at all but still scored really well because i knew that as long as i did what i had trained to do it would be fine And a lot of people lapse on that. If the aiming isn't there that day, and there's some days that the bow just doesn't sit good. Maybe you're tired, you didn't get enough sleep, you haven't eaten anything, you drank a coffee, some stuff like that. All factors into that. But if your sight picture doesn't look as still as you want it to, um, you still have to be able to pull through, pull through the shot. So do you have anything to add in? I rambled for a while. No, that was Um, awesome. I was actually going to ask, as
0: you are using your back tension, um, obviously, uh, I don't know, kind of a a simple way to put it is you're like kind of squeezing your shoulder blades together. Are you also pushing with your front arm or is your elbow locked? Um, so
1: even if your elbow's locked, you in can away still push with your front arm. Um, I at the moment because of an elbow injury do know I actually am not shooting with my elbow locked. If you look at pictures, it probably looks like it is, but my version of locked is super hyperextended. So to me, it actually is a little bent at the moment. Um, if your arm's bent, it's a no-brainer you can push. But the hard part about that is again that's one more thing to be inconsistent uh-huh. um, and. Uh, now again everyone has a different opinion on this you ask any old time hunter and they're going to say shoot with a bent arm You know, because they don't want to hit their arm or whatever it is you look at some of the best in the world you look at Jesse Broadwater, he's shooting with a bent arm so again this doesn't go for everybody but in general um, what a lot of us are trying to push and teach is bone to bone contact so same thing between the wrist, elbow and shoulder and if I was going to here's a simple example I always run by everyone and I'm like at work and stuff because I work in archery shops and it's like I'll let you pick but here's my question to you. Is If I was going to walk over and lean against the wall and put my arm against the wall or whatever, and I told you that you had to lean there for four hours, would you want to start with your arm bent or would you want your arm locked? Which way do you think would hold you longer and which would make you more stable and you'd look fatigued slower? And they're always like, oh, my arm's straight for sure. I could hold myself forever. And I'm like, okay, then why would you want to start with your arm bent on your bow? And they're like, oh, okay, that kind of makes sense. And so to me... To really achieve that bone to bone contact, I know for myself and stability wise, it felt like I had a lot more stamina when I could shoot with my arm locked than I do now. Um, So I know that's my personal preference. But again, I mean, that's something that's kind of changed and evolved over the years. And there's still people that do it the other way and they do it really well. Um, So, I mean, like I said, people, everyone's going to have their own opinion on stuff. But I would much prefer for myself and people that I'm working with to try and get all that stuff in bone-to-bone contact and bone-to-bone alignment. So that way the bones and joints and stuff are picking up a lot of that pressure rather than having to physically with your muscles hold the bow. Um, And so with that being said and pushing with, with back tension, I've heard it said, you know, push, pull, squeeze your shoulder blades together, bring your shoulder back, like your elbow back. There's so many different ways to put it. Um, And I think it's going to be hard to explain this over the phone, but rather than just say like walking my arm out there and just pulling with my back side, or um, if you looked at somebody from above and you kind of see there's like a little bit of a triangle, if you drew it from their front bow hand to their left, if they're right-handed, with their left shoulder out to their right elbow and then back right in line with the arrow, you're going to get a little bit of a triangle, right? And so... Rather than, say, just pull back or push or kind of just push and pull at the same time, I would say instead of just focusing on that kind of stuff, have your triangle, set your triangle up, and then close your triangle a little bit. And so basically instead of just having one move or the other move, your whole upper body is working together to activate that shot. So you're almost rotating your whole shoulders. And again, this is something that's so minute that I'm not talking like go out there and spin your shoulders backwards to make your bow go off. So, again, that's where it's hard, <laughs> so hard to explain over the phone. But just the slightest movement of as you do that, if you're closing the triangle, your front arm and front shoulder is going to push toward the target and your other arm is coming back, basically, like, and you're using those back muscles to do that, um, that that in turn is what everyone who's shooting back tension is kind of doing. And so... That's a lot easier to repeat, I think, than one or the other or one more, one less. I've heard people say, oh, I do about 80% pull and 20% push. And it's like, okay, how'd you break that down? You know, I'm not that scientific about it. I couldn't tell you, you know what I mean? All I know is it's like I set up and it's just like close the triangle. And your body, again, will subconsciously fall into a cycle that it does repeatedly. And there you go. You have it. Um Now, I've noticed, like, because I've went through it, just like everybody else has, um, and a lot of people will have, you know, target panic creep up, something happens, and it's like, you know what, I'm just going to blank bail and try and work through it and anything else. My advice would be get a different release. And I know that sounds crazy, but it's so much harder to break a bad habit than it is to begin forming good ones that a lot of the times, obviously, it's Get a new bow, or change your sight, or things like that is not um, reasonable, I guess. But getting a new release kind of is, if they're really dedicated and they want to get better. And so, get a new release. Anything. Get one that. It can be the same kind, like the same. You know, if you're shooting a hand get a hinge. But just something shaped a little different, or something with a different speed, a little bit. Anything to throw it off, right? To change it, because you have target panic based off of what you're doing right then. So if you change something, you're breaking what you're doing right then, you're not going to have target panic already in that new setup, right? Now it's probably because you've already had it, it's going to develop super quickly. So what I would say, get a new release and then do the same thing with that release that you would have done with the other one if you are going to break target panic. Stand at five feet in the house, in the garage, whatever it is, and shoot over and over and over, blank bail. When you finally feel confident enough with that, Throw a target up and stay at the same distance, like a vegas face or whatever, you know, I don't know, four yards, and shoot the vegas face over and over and over and over. Aim in the middle because, again, a lot of the pulling in the target panic comes from bad aiming um, or the anticipation of your dot getting near of your – I always say dot because I aim with a dot, but your whatever you're aiming with, getting near the dot on the target. Um Too close, and then slowly, slowly step back. And you may notice that, like, let's say you're at 15 yards and you step back to 17. um, It kind of starts to hit you again. Stop, step back forward, and stay there longer. And you can slowly walk back distances until you've set in good habits with that new release. And that's the quickest way to break that target panic. And I know that's kind of different advice, but change is good if there's a problem. Because it's really hard to fix the problem that's already there. It's easier to change something else, throw the problem off, and start start fresh.
0: Yeah, yeah. Actually, uh, I'm left-handed, and there for a while. Because I I had two theories. I was going to switch and start shooting right-handed for two reasons. One, because everything is easier to find when you're right-handed. Yeah. And two, I'm like, yeah, there goes target panic. See you later. Mm-hmm. You know? (laughs) Yep. (laughs) But I didn't end up switching. I bought a bow and uh, then sold it to a buddy before I even set it up.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I can't imagine switching. There's been a few people that have switched. uh, Frank Pearson and Jake Jacobson, I know, have both switched from um, one of the two, I think from right to left for both of them. And I'm like, it just amazes me how quick they picked it up and how well they're doing with it. It's crazy. It blows my mind. But. I mean that's, yeah. that's that's extreme. I guess that's the one way to. I'd rather just look the release. But, um, <laughs> I mean that is, you know. I mean I can it can work. Um, like but but change change is good. I know a lot of people. It's like oh no I need to fix what I'm doing and they'll work for months and months and months trying to break the target panic that they have. And if they just for example I keep saying get a new release but if they just got a new release the target panic is broken. There's nothing there. You have no subconscious process with target panic plugged in that is now in your system is gone. You have to build a new subconscious process, but you need to make sure you build it without target panic. So that's, again, why you start close and work through it that way. Um, Now, I actually, I've shot hinges. I've shot some releases. Um, I'm actually shooting a caliper-style release right now. It's the Carter-like mic. I love it. Um, I talked earlier about having, like, the pounded adjustment and the travel adjustment on releases, this is one of the very, very few calipers in the industry that has that. So that's why um, I, I really like it as far as, like, for a caliper-style release because it's, it's really hard to find that, um, really, in any of them. And so originally when I switched, I was just kind of struggling. I'd kind of hit a wall, and I actually was having elbow issues, and I was shooting back tension, and what was happening, as I would pull and apply pressure... My elbow was hyperextending because of the added pressure. It would hyperextend more. So I decided, you know what, because I have an injury, it's not what I would normally teach somebody to do, but I don't really want to shoot back tension because back tension is further injuring my elbow. So I'm going to have to try and learn to do a controlled punch and spray, I don't get target panic, just to get through this season and get, you know, continue shooting. So I was um, getting ready to go to China for the Junior Worlds. I called Forrest Carter and I'm like, hey, I want you to send me, you know, whichever one is your better wrist strap release, send it out to me. And he's like, all right, I'll overnight it. So I got it like two, three days before I went to China. And I said, I'm taking it with me to China and I'm shooting it. And my dad was freaking out. No, you're not. You, you know, you're going to get target panic and it's going to be terrible. And oh, yeah. you know, and it was like, I'm doing it.
0: So I did it. <laughs>
1: I didn't take any of my other releases with me. So I couldn't chicken out and go back. And it was like, I'm shooting this pit. I'm doing it and originally even while while i'm qualifying in china i'm trying to squeeze the trigger and i was like i would catch myself just shooting back tension because i had trained myself to do that for so long and then i'd be like okay no stop pulling just squeeze and i'd do that for like two or three stops and again it was okay i didn't have start panic i was squeezing them off nicely it was going all right and then i would catch myself 10 shots later because again it's just it's so hard to break a subconscious process, it would just fall back into that. And I was pulling, pulling, pulling. So I shot China. It actually went really well. And I came back, and I realized that my elbow wasn't hurting as bad, even through that tournament. And Sita is really what, what hurts at the most, so many arrows and so much, um, and wind. None of those are good. But I kind of long-term, uh, through a bunch of different tournaments and events, figured out that for me – Um, especially in pressure situations, that the wrist strap release really goes off better and it's easier for me to be consistent. So here's why. Um, And I use Vegas as my example because I always struggle in Vegas. And so with my forefinger, thumb release, I would always shoot. I would let down probably once an end in Vegas just because of nerves. And I would always say, you know, like, keep pulling, keep pulling. I said earlier people get nervous or they don't like their sight picture and you quit pulling. So, you know, my mom and dad are back there, keep pulling, pull harder. And I'm like, dude, I'm telling you, I feel like I'm pulling my bow in half and it's still not going off. I know now I actually want. So if you are shooting one of those four fingers or a hand or any of the three fingers, you know what I mean, one one like that, not a caliper, and you're holding it in your hand, your hand pressure and how hard you're gripping the release or how much your pointer finger or your pinky or your middle finger, the pressure is applied, or if your hand and your grip's really relaxed on the release, it will typically activate way faster than if you death grip your release. And so, in pressure situations, I was still pulling, but I was upping my hand pressure on the release almost halfway to a death grab or death grip, and uh, it wasn't executing. And so, I the very first year that I switched and I, I went to Vegas with this caliper release, I shot the entire first day and never let down once. And it went really well. And my parents were like, wow, are you just, like, not nervous? Like, what happened? Like, you (laughs) did good this time. And it was like, no, I'm telling you, I swear I did the same thing I always did before. It just goes off. And so I really love that, and this is kind of through a bunch of stories like that, that I slowly figured out that I'm actually shooting this release better because I'm able to use my pointer finger and not develop target panic because um, that alone is hard. But when it is hot or cold or I'm nervous or I'm not nervous or I'm practicing and I'm relaxed, my grip pressure on my release and how tense my hand is has absolutely zero effect in when my shot goes off because I'm not holding it. It's strapped to my wrist. It's always consistent. And so the only factor is the my pointer finger's pressure on the release which I had that same factor with the thumb because it was just my thumb pressure on the release. So I realized that my biggest struggle wasn't that I wasn't pulling. It was that I was gripping too tight. And by switching to the kind of release I'm shooting now, I noticed that in pressure situations I tend to do a lot better because I'm not constantly letting down and second-guessing myself and struggling. I just lay my finger and pull just like I always did, but it actually goes off. And so that's something that I never would have thought, like a conclusion I had to come to when I originally said, I'm just going to give one of these a try and see what happens. But <laughs> now that I've done it, I say, it's like, there's no way I'm going back. There's no way. And I still carry my other one with me, and you know, and my quiver is a backup or whatever. They pretty much hit the same. And I'll pull it out and I'll shoot with it sometime. But I can see just in that little bit of time messing around with it, the inconsistency that I do, you know, as far as holding it. And obviously I'm not telling everyone to go do this because – Pretty much all the top people are shooting those, and they're shooting them very well. But I know for me, that was apparently one of the big struggles I didn't even know I had, and switching fixed it, and I realized that later on.
0: That's awesome. That's that's cool that uh, going against the conventional way, in a sense, is what's helped you be successful. Yeah. Because um, actually, when I was uh, looking at some of your pictures, I noticed of, like, She's shooting a caliper wrist strap release. I'm like, that's not normal.
1: <laughs> yeah, and it is. And it isn't. it's just so not normal. I have people all the time tell me, oh, no, you're shooting one of those? You punch. You punch. You have target panic. You're a puncher. And I'm like, go watch any videos and watch how much I let down. If I punched, I wouldn't be doing that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and people can say whatever. It doesn't matter. But, um, you know, there's. I know people that shoot hinges and shoot thumbs, and they totally are punching. Like, you can punch any of them. But, yep. like I said, for me, I I mean, I know I'm not. I know I'm pulling. Like, I know I've worked on that. And, um, you know, I know that, you know, as long as I'm doing that and I pull consistently, regardless of what my sight picture looks like, usually the outcome is pretty good. So, it's just... And and there are people, um, you know, I say back tension and there's always like the one person who's, you know, like just trying to argue with you or say, well, so-and-so does this or I heard this. And it's like there are people out there who definitely punch and um, do it well most of the time one example because i know he owns it so i won't offend him so i can throw his name out there but tim gillingham is i mean he's nicknamed himself the hammer or you know got that nickname so he's totally proud of it totally owns it so i'll throw him under the bus but he's one that controlled punches and does it well most of the time but every once in a while it'll catch up with him for a little bit and then he gets it under control again where again if you have that back tension thing. You kind of eliminate all of that, like, oh nope, I accidentally punched one, and darn it, I can't get it back. But hopefully, it doesn't happen again. Um, you know, that worry is kind of gone. Yeah. But like I said, I tried both. I tried. I tried to do it that way, and it worked well for a short amount of time. But long term, it's really hard to be good or be consistent.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, awesome. What 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 a great breakdown of. Uh, of releases and their intentional use um and ways to get over target panic without the without the usual yeah, go blank bail or put tape over your side or
1: a yeah, <laughs> figure 100%. eight method or <laughs> and I mean all of them do work it's just you know, like I said, the amount of time and and everyone this is the the hardest part is archery so mental so mental and target panic and any kind of panic or aiming all of it is so mental that everybody's mind works in a different way so for people to say oh well if you have target panic you go blank bill it's going to go away that is not true because some people's minds are wired to where it doesn't matter how much blank bill they do with the setup that they have it's going to happen and so there is no it's just kind of like teaching kids in the classroom there is no one set uniform way that's going to work for everybody. And if you're working with a coach or you are a coach or you're an archer and you're trying to help yourself, um, it's never going to hurt to try some different approaches. But you definitely have to give those approaches long enough that you can see if they're positively benefiting you or if they're not or if they're negatively hurting you. Um, and a lot of times people will try something for two, three days and it's like, nope, that doesn't work on to the next thing. That is not enough time. Not even close. This takes months and months and months. So you have to be dedicated to it. But Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Well, that that's <laughs> that's great stuff. Good. Good, good. One other side note too is that I had one more one more is um aiming drills. Hey, free gold. Don't forget about your free gift. Do
0: you like free? I do. Head on over to www.archerymaniacs.com and grab one of four free gifts made just for you as a thanks for tuning into the show and to help you be more successful in anything archery.
1: Aiming drills. Actually, I'm going to steal this one from Levi. I watched Name the Game or whatever his show, and he had said that on there the other day, and I kind of did something very similar. but. If you're having a hard time with back tension because of your aiming, there are things you can do to better your aiming. One, work with your stabilizers, like that's a given. Again, people mess with that stuff so quick. Add three weights, nope, take them off. Add four, six, add three. Like, that's not enough time to see if it's actually going to be better, you know. But regardless of that, if you don't touch your bow at all, and this is what Levi had said on the show, get three size dots, a big one, a medium one, and a small one, and you want to start and You want to be able to stand whatever distance, pick your size, pick your distance, and you want your dot to never leave the big one. And when you start, your dot is probably what you're aiming with, your fiber optic, your ring, whatever, should never leave the the dot that you drew. And if it does, then stay there and you need to keep doing it. You don't even have to shoot. You can draw back, aim, and let down. Draw back, aim, and let down. So this is something that you can do in the house. And... You're basically training yourself to aim in that dot. After quite a while of work, you will probably figure out that like, oh, you know what? I'm at first I moved all over out of that big dot, and now I'm actually holding in it every time. Like that's pretty cool. I improved. Then you go, once it's consistent, to the middle dot. And then you do that on the middle dot. And again, at first it's gonna be like, oh man, it's so bad, I'm moving everywhere, I'm all out of it, and blah blah blah. But if you keep doing that over time and you keep running that drill, you'll find that all of a sudden you can hold in the middle one and then you go to the small one. And so by doing that, you're working against, you know, like um, any of that stuff that could go wrong and you're helping yourself aiming and you're not just messing with equipment because I see so many people, instead of fixing themselves, it's like, well, my bow could aim better or, well, my draw length or, well, and sometimes that is true. That is definitely true, but that's not always the fix. And so running some little drills and stuff like that, like I said, blank failing, shooting close, running something along those lines really long term can help you more than just playing with stuff twenty four seven and still not figuring out what's wrong.
0: Yep. That is so true. That is so true. And I and and I've been just as guilty, you know, you'll uh start some sort of exercise and I'll do it for a week or something, you know. And then mm-hmm. I get sick of it or hunting season is getting closer and I'm like, I've had enough of putting circles around the pay I'm just ready to go shoot stuff
1: like <laughs> Yep. <laughs>
0: um, so yeah, that's that's for sure. That's that's a great Yeah, story. we
1: we like stuff to be instant nowadays and that's more of a problem than it is a help and I fall into that myself I'm 100% guilty but you want to fix something and have it fix you now the hardest part of working with people or coaching or even just trying to teach someone who's never shot a bow before at the shop is you tell them something and a lot of the times if it's different than what they've been doing they will shoot a little worse for a little while it will get better and I always tell people like when you start trying to learn back tension, you're going to suck. Like, you will be bad for a while, and it's going to be frustrating, and it's not going to be fun. But let me tell you, once you get it down, it will be so much easier and so much consistent, so much more consistent. It will help you so much in the long run where what you're doing, yeah, you're decent right now, but that it's not going to work forever. You know what I mean? It's going to catch up with you. It's going to, it's going to hurt you. And so people have to be willing to sacrifice a little bit of points at the moment to be better in the long run
0: yep for sure well awesome Paige thank thank you so much I really appreciate it I I learned a lot from everything you just discussed and I know that everyone listening will learn a ton as well so thank you so much for taking your evening while you were cooking dinner and uh (laughs) helping us out yeah no problem